Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Donna Langston is the secretary of the HSV Anglers Club. Don joins us today to talk about fishing inside Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. That's right, another episode. And this time, you know, and for me, Randy, it seems like every episode gets a little more interesting. And maybe people that's do just know because... it's another episode, by the way. You get that, don't you? They've already so, so you're play. saying when they hit play, they're thinking, okay, there ought to be a new episode. Well, well, well I, I think <laughs> it depends on their IQ, but I think. Oh, yeah. Well, our listeners and watchers obviously know. Well, right. what they don't know is Don Langston. Don Langston is the secretary of the fishing club. Is that right? That is correct. The Anglers Club is what the they Anglers call it. Club. HSV Anglers Club. And Don, thanks for joining us today. I know it's been kind of a crazy schedule thing. Okay. Yes, it has. <laughs> well, we appreciate you hopping on with us here real quick. He had, As to, pull we, his boat out. He had to pull his boat out of the lake to get ready for this. So by the way, Ouch, so really? Yeah. Yeah. When, when you messaged me, I, I was in the process of, uh, I'd been fishing on Cortez and I was in the process of loading my boat. Oh, on trailer to come on. Well, and well, I want to jump into that here in just a minute. We first, I want to before we talk about the club, the club is going to have a fishing tournament. So let's talk about that first. Tell me about the tournament. Okay. Well, the Anglers Club actually has fourteen tournaments a year. Um, in in Hot Springs Village? No, they okay. have seven in Hot Springs Village and seven outside the village. We have two tournaments a month typically from March to November. Uh, actually, we have three tournaments in May and only one in November. It starts to get too cold in November. Sure. But we start in late March. Our first tournament will be March 18th on uh, in the Village. Now, the Village tournaments, because the club has gotten large enough that, uh, it, except for Lake Balboa, it's awkward to try to everybody fish on a single lake. We, have, we fish what we call wild card tournaments when we fish in the village in that uh, in, you can fish on any lake in the village. Okay. The uh, Anglers Club is a catch and release club. So there are uh, an angler and a co-angler in each boat. The co-angler is drawn at random. So an angler never knows who's going to be fishing with from one tournament to the next. The way you uh, count your fish is when you catch a fish, you measure it. Okay, and that measurement is verified by that co-angler. Now, if the co-angler catches a fish, the measurement is verified by the angler, and it's recorded. And then at the end of the tournament, you turn in your what we call catch cards that shows each fish you caught in the, their length. And that is what we have a, a table 
that translates the links into ounces. Okay, and you measure to the nearest quarter inch. And so that, and that table is set on, on quarter inch intervals. And so whoever has the greatest ounces is the winner in each, we, we have two divisions. The co-angler is not competing against an angler. He's competing against the other co-anglers. So we have two divisions. So you have two winners, an angler and a co-angler. I'm, I'm fascinated. I apologize just for a minute. I'm fascinated because, and Randy, I don't know what it says, but you apparently have to have, you know, somebody trustworthy to watch your angler is what it sounds like to me. And right? Well, got... To watch angler and co-angler. Well, that's just to verify. <laughs> the tournaments are fun. Right. We're not playing for money. Yeah. That's another thing that you're only playing for points. At the end of the year, they have an angler of the year and a co-angler of the year. <clears throat> for second and third place, you get a little plaque, and, and that's all you're fishing for. Right. You know, there's no money involved. Um, but they still get kind of competitive. But yeah, I was anyway, about to say, that doesn't keep yeah. them from being competitive. Yeah, right. I'm sure. But now, I, how, large, how large is the club, Don? How many right members? now, uh, about 95 members. Really? Okay. I find it fascinating. I, I had no idea there was a co-angler. I had no idea there was any of that. I just yeah, typically but, the angler, the angler is the boater. He has the boat. Yeah. But, but to, but to be fair, to be fair, for those that don't know, let's talk about golf for 10 seconds. If you claim you have a hole in one, you got to have a witness. Right. It's not like, yeah. So I get it. I mean, it makes sense. You got to have some sort of form of validation to say it, you're really who you are. Yeah. And, and, and we do it this way. So it's catch and release. So you catch the fish, you measure it and you put it back. Right. Well, tell us what you want about the club. So give us some, give us a little bit of backstory about the club, and then we can dive more deeply if you want into the tournaments. Well, and by I the time this airs, by the way, this is going to be airing. People are going to be watching this on the 18th. So today, as you're watching this audience, the tournament, the tournament is underway. And where will, where will it be Don? The first tournament's wild card. So it's in the village. So the people will be fishing various lakes. Yeah. Now, the one thing about the wild card tournament is after you complete, you have to bring all the, the cards to a central point. And that's on the Lake Coronado ramp because we ramp area. We discovered that that is the most central area. You know, if you're fishing Balboa or Cortez or DeSoto, that's the most central place to get to. Uh, the tournament ends, whatever the end time is, you've got 20 minutes to get your cord in. Mm. And if you don't get it in in 20 minutes, then it doesn't count. Wow. Okay. Do you have issues with, with, with people kind of wanting to flood one particular lake or do y'all even manage that? Or it's just, I'll tell you what, you know, some of the, the, if some of the really competitive people, We'll spend a week or the, the week or so before the tournament fishing various lakes to decide yeah. which one seems to be the best. Of course they do. Right then. Well, because they don't they have all don't fish the same. Sometimes the fishing is better on one lake than it is another. Right. Well, they don't have day jobs. They can go look any time. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're not like me and you, Randy. They don't have to work. They can, <laughs> well, there's somebody coming by right now in a little no, John boat. I'm I, like, what? And I respect it. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, be prepared. Oh, yeah. Well, we, and all, we all of our ter- all of our tournaments are are during the week. We never fish on a weekend. Was that like a just uh, just a, a a credo or a pro mat or what? I mean, just well, you know, uh, most of the people are retired, 
the lakes tend to be more crowded on the weekends. Oh, so yeah, we they're decide, really crowded. Yeah, we we yeah. decide, why should we mess with that? Yeah. Who, who, yeah. who wants to be caught up with all those jet skis? Okay, so this, tur- <laughs> so this tournament, so got to be a member of the Anglers Club? You have to be a member of the Anglers Club, and you have to sign a waiver. Okay. And, and Don, I need to let you know that uh, Randy and I made a massive mistake when we first started this podcast. We said there were going to be hyper local because it was just going to be around this area. We were naive and misled. People from all parts of the world have asked and called and messaged and so forth. So let's act like for the moment, we're not in Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, the center of the known universe. And what does it take to fish in Arkansas? What do I have to do? Is there a class? Is there a, how how would I go about doing this? Okay. Well, first of all, you have to have a fishing license. If you fish on any water in the state of Arkansas, you have to have a fishing license. And technically we're a private community, but our water is public technically, or that that is true. We are a private community. These are private lakes. Game and fish considers them private lakes. Uh, but the water still belongs to the state of Arkansas, and you still have to have an Arkansas fishing license. And the Arkansas game warden can still and do occasionally. You'll see them on the lake. Uh, check. And, of course, any of our policemen can, too, because it's a state law, so our policemen can enforce it as a state law. And if, I'm gonna get a, and if I'm going to get a fishing license, I can go where? Well, of course, Walmart. The quickest way is to do it on the Game and Fish website. Uh, you can buy it. Uh, you can have it on your phone until they, they send it to you to, to show or, or print it out, however you want to. And that's going to cost me how much, Don? I don't know. I haven't bought <laughs> one. Yeah, I'm, saying, I, I, I'm 73 years old, so I haven't. I, it, when I turned 65, I bought a permanent license, and I haven't bought one since. Yeah, See, he, 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 he took my thunder. I was going to say, after 65, you can buy one and never have to buy it again. Yeah, well, that's well, why I'm not that. buying mine until May, because I'm turning 65 in May, Don. So yeah, I'm, well, you I know, I don't manage. You know, I'm sorry, I haven't bothered you <laughs> yeah, much. So no, I really don't know. I mean, but we're not talking big money here. Oh, it, it's like oh, no. 30 bucks or something. It's yeah. like 30. Yeah, it's something, something like 30, 35 dollars. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether you get your trout um, right. stamp or not. Okay. So tell us about the club. So I've got to be a member of the club. I, I've obviously got to have a fishing license. So what is it, What is me getting into the club? What does that involve? Well, the, the club, basically, you know, we fish. That's part of it. To the, the fellowship and all the fishing. Uh, we, uh, we work with Brad to do some uh, lake improvements like putting fish habitat in the lakes or we've helped uh, with uh, a construction of piers and uh, fishing docks and uh, various things like that. Uh, we uh, work with uh, the uh, parks and recreation. Uh, uh, we, we're the primary sponsor of the, the kids fishing derby that's part of the 4th of July activities uh, we had 124 kids last year wow and this is usually great. it's usually the weekend of fourth of july is it like the thursday or Thursday friday before or what it was a saturday i believe last year and it's going to be on july the second of saturday this year um the way that works that's at, at cortez like cortez mm-hmm. uh, the pavilion area there where the ramp is we uh put a net across the inlet there where the just to the left of the ramp 
and then the game and fish comes out and stocks catchable size uh, catfish. Usually, uh, if we have it on Saturday, they'll probably do it Friday morning. Something tells and, me that the kids have a blast catching these, right? Well, let me tell you, last year, the kids were lined up. Uh, there was probably, when we started at 7.30, there was probably 50 or 60 there already. And they just started catching catfish right and left. I mean, they, they just had a great time. Uh, we it, provide prizes. Uh, we weigh the fish about every 15 or 20 minutes. We call uh, and give away a, a couple of rods and reels to the, the biggest fish caught during that time period. And we always have door prizes. So almost everybody leaves with something. Uh, that's one of our big events. We also sponsor a team tournament on Lake Balboa that's open to any property owner or the and their get and or their guest. Uh, and that's I think this year it's on the third, which is a Sunday. It'll be on Lake Balboa. Uh, we usually have 15 to 20 teams. And you know it's usually uh, yeah, we have a lot of father, son, or brothers, or husband, wife teams. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask, and and, and uh, Randy, you brought it up. You know, you need a license, and you need to be in the club. But do you have to have a boat? No. <clears throat> That's what, but like I said, we have co-anglers, so you can join and be a co-angler. And you don't, uh, you do not need a boat. But you need to know how to drive one, probably. But yeah. Um. For safety reasons, yes. Yeah. In case something yeah. happened to the to the boater, it's really usually uh, the boater will ask you that. And if you can, he'll show you some rudimentary. Here's how you start it. Sure. Here's how you get it in. And, you know, in case something happened to the boater. Cheap way to get a boating lesson, right? And a boating yeah, well, safety yeah. lesson too. I'm well, sure. It's not a complete boating lessons, but it's the the basics. It's it's sufficient. Uh, so so now we're you say it every lake, but I I, I don't think you meant Lago. Cause I'd love to go no, fish that's on the only lake you can't fish on every lake okay. that you can fish on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but so there, there, there are roughly half of them here in the village and we're talking Cortez, DeSoto, Balboa, the smaller lakes, Coronado, I mean, Coronado, but like the smaller lakes, like, uh, Oh yeah. We, we frequently have people fish Panita or <clears> we've had people that fished uh, Isabella. Hmm. Interesting. It's not well, often. Where do we because, fish outside? We, we go into, uh, is it Nimrod or you go to, to Washtenaw? Okay, now when we fish outside the village, there are only two lakes we fish on typically. Uh, we fish uh, Washtenaw mm -hmm. and Hamilton. Okay. And and for those that don't know, that's tried part of the Tri-Likes area around Hot Springs. That is right. uh, Washtenaw, which is surrounded completely by National Forest and and by the, uh, the uh, oh, not the Coast Guard, but the... Uh, Oh goodness! The game of the, yeah, yeah. My brain's not working today. The uh, I'd help you, but I can't. No, it's the people. That, the Washington Mountains, or well, they're surrounded by the Washington Mountains, but you can't build within five hundred feet of the lake because oh yeah, because the the the, uh, the land around the lake is owned by the Corps of Engineers. The Corps of Engineers. I'm sorry, duh. So <clears throat> the Corps of Engineers, Lake Lake Washington, thirty thousand acres ish, something like that. 
and then beyond the dam, the dam ends right there at Blakely Mountain Dam. And when it ends, exits there, which people catch stripers, huge stripers all the yeah, time. That's, that's actually where Lake uh, Hamilton starts. Exactly. That's what I would have called it the Marshall River, but it's actually, yeah, it's Lake actually Hamilton, where Lake Hamilton you, you starts. You drive right up there. And if you're in Lake Hamilton, you can't. And Lake uh, Hamilton is there. a is a flood controlled lake by Entergy, just like Lake Washita is, and they both enter a, a dump into Lake Catherine, which I don't know, you know, interesting. A lot, a lot of interesting places there. So, where's the best place to fish in the village? In the water. Hard, hard question. Do what? The water. In the water. In the water. Uh, in the water. <laughs> All of the lakes uh, have fishing, uh, and uh, at various times, one lake will be better than the other. Uh, the difficulty with the village lakes is that they were stripped bare when they were built. Mm -hmm. So there are no natural habitat in the lakes, and except for what has been placed there by the fishing clubs or whoever. Uh, sometimes some of the landscapers will, 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 will place uh, trees and stuff in the lake. <clears throat> uh, but they seek permission from Brad before, or the lake manager before they do that. Uh, and uh, and, and uh, the fishing clubs do that. We really haven't been able to do it the last couple of years because of COVID and all and trying to get the people together. But uh, we're, we're going to try this year to get some out. Uh, if you go to the Hot Springs Village Anglers Club's website, there are lake maps there with waypoints of where we've put brush before. Really? Uh, yeah, and the website is hsvanglers.com. Okay. Well, I've seen um, one of our properties is Toro Del Mar, which is the Madrid townhouses over here on the north side of Lake DeSoto. And when the law water's down, I can see where there's piles of concrete blocks, and you could tell where somebody had put Christmas trees, I guess, before. Yeah. And, and how long does that last? I mean, is that? Um, cedar trees, Christmas trees, stuff like that, three or four years. Really? Cedar might last a little longer than that. but Now, we've tried to put artificial habitat in plastic um, that would last indefinitely, but it doesn't seem to be as effective. Huh. So, and now we're looking, we're, we're basically making, pardon the term for those uninitiated, and I'm using a poor term, but maybe a fish house or a refuse that they can go to when they're spawning or when they're so to, it, to it basically you're, you're, you're creating a habitat or a safe area for the bait fish. Oh. And so now uh, the smaller fish will tend to congregate in it. If you ever go to uh, say Bass Pro Shop and look at their aquarium, they'll have tree branches and stuff in there. If you mm -hmm. ever look, you'll see the little brim way back in the back in the middle of where those, those trees are. Uh, and setting up right next to it. Well, the bass like to be in cover like that too, but they don't always get way back into it. They'll be on the edge. Yeah. They'll be on the edge waiting to ambush one of those little fish if it gets <laughs> to dart out. Well, we were talking with Brad, and I was trying to get a feel for all the dynamics he has to juggle, you know, and, and he had mentioned one time, he said, you know, I'm sure the fishermen of the village would love for me to fertilize. And I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Why? You know, well, <clears throat> apparently you get an algae bloom. The fish love the algae bloom, but you're swimming in murky water or algae water. And you know, the, the swimmers want to see clear crystal clear water and think, right. Oh, is it's so healthy. It's crystal clear. And 
Tell me about that. Is that the story? Okay. Well, what that does is 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 the algae, and if you fertilize, th- that uh, creates the food for the algae, and uh, the small bait fish. That's what they feed on, and the more food they have, the more they they reproduce, and the more bait fish there is. The more food there is, the uh, the bigger the bass or crappie or other fish will grow. And, you know, it's just a chain. If there's more food, everybody's healthier and reproduces more. And uh, that's just kind of how it works. Um, I can tell you, I've been to a few of the lakes, like Lake Atkins, not too far from here um, in Atkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably seven. Uh, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a lake managed by game and fish. And they fertilize it. It's it's uh, got Florida strain bass in it, Florida strain bass in it, which means which is a strain of bass. They tend to be bigger, and they grow faster. Um, but they don't tolerate cold water, so there's there's a range limit to what where you can stock them. Uh, Arkansas game and fish has put them in in quite a few of the of the. Uh, Arkansas lakes, they've put some in Ouachita in various areas. Uh, the biggest hope there is, is that they will uh, mate with the uh, native bass and produce a bass that, that will grow a little larger, but it, but is tolerant, more tolerant of the colder temperatures. Um, well, I, I, you know, uh, Kendall, who was, uh, who was the, uh, one of the barbers at the West Gate, Right. Uh, who re- unfortunately passed away just right. last year. Um, I asked him one time when he was cutting this and I said, so, um, you know, what about these hybrids? What about these, these hybrid fish? I, you know, are they good eating? And, and in his typically incredibly dry Southern way, he said, well, if you take them and you fillet them just right and you don't hit that red vein and then you cut that red vein all the way out and then you soak them for two days in buttermilk and then you bread them up real good and you fry them, they're great eating. And I'm like, well, I could have done that with court with, with cardboard that, that, you know, so some people go to extremes to try and make their fish good, but some are different eating that better eating than others. Would that be fair? Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm sure of that. Uh, Everybody says crappie are great. And that's uh, all of those lakes have crappie in them. Uh, They are, since the village lakes don't have a lot of brush and all in them, and they are very clear, crappie in the village lakes are difficult to catch and find. Well, they're difficult to find and catch, but the, the village lakes have some good size crappie in them because I have caught them fishing for bass and, you know, I've caught two and a half pound crappie and, uh, big as your hand. Yeah. Um, so they're there. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Randy, is it time to uh, move a little further back in this story and ask a little, something a little bit more about fishing you think? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's let let's. Now, uh, you know, I was talking about the club. Uh, we stopped at the Fourth uh, of July stuff. Um, <clears throat> we also have a military fishing day, and that's coming up in June, where we take oh twenty five to thirty active duty uh, enlisted men from the Little Rock Air Force Base out fishing on Lake Balboa, and then after we take them fishing, we 
have a barbecue lunch for them there at the pavilion and give them prizes. Is, is this all funded by the anglers or how, how, how is the funding? Uh, yeah. I mean, we look for donations and we were lucky enough this year to, to find a, uh, uh, the, uh, one of the executives at, uh, well, used to be general dynamics. Yeah. What whatever. Lockheed, or, yeah, Lockheed. Lockheed or something. Yeah. Um, Donated enough money to to cover all of the uh, the prizes and the uh, the food. So so, so yeah. but basically this is maybe maybe a March through November thing. I mean that's basically the season for fishing. Yeah, we have we have uh, meetings February through June. We skip July and August. Uh, we don't have tournaments in July and August unless we do open team tournaments. Yeah, and then we have tournaments again September, October, and one in November. We have meetings in. Uh, well, actually, all we have meetings every month except January, July, and August. Okay, well, so and we meet on the uh, the first Tuesday of every month, seven p.m. at the Coronado Center. At the Coronado Center, and now, and let me remind everybody: hsvanglers.com. Is that correct? hsvanglers.com. And and is there a calendar there that will show us what all the events are? Absolutely, there's a schedule of events. Another event we've got coming up on March the 26th is a fishing seminar. Well, you you took the you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to ask, what if I'm a very if I'm a novice, am I going to feel out of place? How do I how do I learn to fish? And that's what that seminar is is geared to, and it's also geared to trying uh, what it takes to catch fish on village lakes. Unfortunately, uh, it's it's well, it was originally limited to sixty people. Uh, the first week that sold out, <laughs> and I found uh, another person or two to help us with it, so we were able to bump it up to seventy, which they sold out from the waiting list. So it is sold out. And the way we run that seminar is we do have speakers. Obviously, if we just had speakers, we could have had several hundred because we have it at the auditorium at the Coronado Center. But what we do is we have a table with six to eight eight people in it. And uh, we have moderators at each table so that the... uh, the attendees, as the, the speaker goes through stuff, will will stop, and the uh, moderator at the table can demonstrate it to uh, the attendee. So, so there's more hands-on. Also, each attendee gets a pack of baits that is probably close to the value of what they paid for their ticket, and the ticket costs $20. And we do that. We've been doing that every year. We do that in conjunction with, well, was recreation, now it's parks and recreation. Right. The, of the attendees, I mean, it's number one, I I would think it'd be a great way to, to get introduced to the lakes in the village and, and the club. Absolutely. Brad, Brad Meredith is part of the, is one of the speakers. So he, He gives an overview of the village lakes and where each one is and how big they are and what kind of fish have been yeah. stocked. And, yeah. and he also kind of gives you a rundown of in the last time they did electrical fishing, what they saw on that lake. Right. Right. Yeah. He, he explained some of that when we had him on the show, 
you know, Don, we get, we get emails and stuff from people from the East coast, the West coast up North down in Florida. And it's been interesting to us. You know, we, we hear quite frequently from people who have never been to the village, but they're intrigued and they're looking at it as a, as a potential place to move. In some cases they're already retired and they're living somewhere, but cost of living in Arkansas is appealing and whatnot. So for those people that aren't familiar with it, what kind of, what kind of fish are we talking about? We've mentioned a few different kind of species of fish, but what, what's in the lakes and, and is it, are some species more in one lake and not so much in another, or what does that look like? Well, I don't know about some species being more in one lake than another. I'm, I'm, um, outside of grass carp, uh, and there may be some of our lakes that have more grass carp in them than, than others because uh, there's been a weed control problem and they've been stocked yeah. heavily. Yeah. Um, all of our lakes have catfish. And the, most of the catfish are either blue catfish or channel catfish. We'll find some others, but but mostly they're either blue or, or, uh, or channels. And we have some good sized catfish in our village lakes. Um, we also have crappie and we also have bass, uh, both uh, black, black bass, you know, largemouth, and uh, spotted. Um, we don't have any smallmouth in the village. Brad, I'm, I'm sorry, Brad had noted that the grass carp had been put in by the game and fish. Is that correct? Uh, not entirely. Uh, okay. uh, when um, when they had the problem with uh, hydrilla on uh, Lake Balboa, they stopped quite a. Uh, they mean the POA stopped quite a few. Oh, uh, and the POA has stopped grass carp when they've had problems with lakes. Hmm. And, and typically, uh, game and fish wouldn't stop grass carp. Usually, the POA would do that as as a, as a as a control for certain invasive invasive weeds. Are, the, are they good eating? No. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But I Randy, just so. down the way, there's a lady who has a, a boat dock that feeds them. Um, and oh my Lord, the water literally just boils. It, it'll be like she has eight and 10 pounders. They, they look like small children. Oh, you know? Some of them may be bigger than that. And I, I suspect she may have a lot of common carp and oh. catfish huh. because, because uh, the, the common carp are in all of the lakes too. Hmm. And, uh, because they were in most of the creeks and all when, when the lakes were dammed up. Um, and catfish would, um, sure. She has some catfish coming oh, if yeah. she's feeding. Yeah. So, uh, so, and, and just being nosy, you said that, that like lakes like DeSoto and all the lakes that were built, I mean, they just bulldozed them flat and they, they pushed whatever absolutely. debris they had to the bottom. There, I there, guess. there might've been some areas where they put a bunch of logs or something that piled up. Mm -hmm. uh, in the, in a deep area that they knew was going to be a very deep area of the lake, but typically no, they, they did, they left nothing. Now, uh, we put brush in and we hope that shoreliners at least will allow part of the shoreline to allow the water willow to grow because water willows are great cover for small bait fish. Really? Uh, 
wood ducks get in them. I mean, it, you know, uh, if you're going around the lakes and you know, a, a bunch of wood ducks jump back up, they've probably been in the middle of the of a, of a, of a, a bunch of uh, water willows. Huh. So uh, that's one thing that is, you know, we would like to see people allow the water willows to grow some. Well, can you plant them? Could I mean, could I go out in my yard and plant water willows? Uh, I don't think Brad would be happy yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, he, if they're going to do something like that, that's something that ought to be done under the supervised coordination, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Randy, I apologize. I needed to step out just a minute. Did I interrupt the no, question? No, no, you're good. Okay, Don. No, I kept on talking. No, Don. <laughs> okay, Don. Tell us this. This. This isn't fishing, but this is somewhat personal. So tell us about life before you got to the village. Okay. Like I said, I was born in Sherman, Texas. I uh, grew up mostly in San Antonio, graduated from high school in San Antonio, Highlands High School in San Antonio. Uh, went to college back up in Sherman at a little college uh, called Austin College. In uh, Sherman. In Sherman, yes. Uh, Austin College and got my bachelor's. Actually, I got a, a BA in math. Most people wonder it. How do you get a BA in math? I thought that was a BS. But anyway, not at Austin College. They're very liberal arts college. Um, then I went from there, did some graduate work, uh, graduate studies at Texas A&M. And then I went to work for Oxidel Petroleum in Houston. And then I ended up in Memphis working for Shearing Plow, which they were pharmaceutical and consumer products company. I was with them for 25 years. Was that during the time they owned Maybelline? Yes. I, when I was there, they owned Maybelline. I, I did a lot of printing for the fine folks at Maybelline. And I remember the headquarters being Shearing Plow in Memphis. And I thought, hmm, yeah. Yeah. I was there when they owned Maybelline. They owned Dr. Scholl's. Uh, of course, the the big money maker was cheering pharmaceuticals. Hmm. And what did uh, you do? For, and what did you do for them? I uh, started a career in data processing. I worked in their data centers. I ended up running all of the data centers in the U.S. Uh, I got transferred uh, shortly after nine eleven. I got I, I uh, transferred up to the New Jersey. New Jersey was where corporate headquarters was. Um, that's where Shearing had originally been based. That's where corporate headquarters was. And, uh, I was there for three years. We, uh, decided that, uh, three long you know, we had a good, yeah, we had a good time, but we were ready to come south. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, especially when we got two foot of snow one Easter, uh, it's just a bit much, but, uh, Opportunity came up to retire early and move back south, and we did. We haven't looked back. And you discovered the village when and how? We discovered the village while we were living in Memphis. Uh, we went to uh, St. Jude uh, Golf Tournament one year, and uh, since that was in July in an effort to get out of some of the heat, we went into one of the air-conditioned tents, and, uh, and Cooper had a booth there. And uh, we got to talking to them. They said, hey, come over and visit us. Three days free, golf free. So we did. And uh, 90 minute tour that's never quite 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We took the tour. Yeah. 
nice real estate agent, everything. Uh, we said maybe. Looked at the newspaper, saw all the resale lots and the price on them. And I said, hmm. <laughs> Called up the real, estate, the real estate uh, person that took us around and said, hey, I think we're interested in one of these resale lots. You want to work with us on that? And she says, I can sell you anything. And even though she was a Cooper agent, she sold us a resale lot. And actually, we bought a resale lot on on Balboa Golf Course. Oh, but we while we were in Memphis, there we came over frequently. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we'd come over long, long weekends and all, because it's not that far. And we always stayed on Lake DeSoto. And uh, we we decided, boy, you know, we really like living on a lake better. So we went back and traded in our lot on a lot on Lake Coronado and. When we retired, we built a house here, and here we are on Lake Coronado. Let me interrupt for a second. Randy, you need to know this. One of the things Cooper would do is, is the original you know, developer, uh, the only developer, I guess, to be fair, but Cooper would sell you a property. And then if you changed your mind and said, you know, I don't think we want to be on the golf course, they would give you full value credit for the trade-up for another property that you bought. So you weren't stuck with two properties or whatever. But, yeah, well, you're struggling on Lake Cortez, right? Yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah, no? Yeah, well, I since we bought a re- resale lot, that didn't count. Oh, uh, really? We, uh, we, when we uh, made an offer on the lot on Lake Coronado, we said – Hey, you got to take our lot on Lake Balboa. And the real estate agent says, well, there's no way these people are, you know, but we looked there and said, this is an estate sale. These kids have had this on, on the market for five years now. They want their money. <laughs> sure enough, they took it. Oh, wow. And what How year are we that? talking, Don? I can't remember. We bought the lot probably in 98. Okay. And, uh, and we, we so, started building we started building the house here in uh, early 2004, I guess. Now you're on the south side or the north side? We're on the back of a cove in in uh, off Feniza Way. Okay. So that's okay. basically what you would call the south side. Yeah, but you're in a real cove. You're way back yeah. up. Yeah, we're, in by the we're not on the main lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and an absolutely beautiful area too. Yeah. And we didn't go to Cooper to build a house either. (laughs) We went with a guy named Bill Reed. I don't think he's building anymore, but he did a good job. We were happy with him. Uh, He actually built some houses up on Valina that were had, they had $50,000 in site prep before they could even, you know, start putting lumber up. And uh, he he was really good at building on uneven surfaces. He was really good. Yeah, because we have a steep lot. Yeah. Well, as most of them are in the village that are on the lake, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Randy, what have we missed besides the lightning round, my friend? I don't know. Don, you tell us anything that we didn't, that we didn't hit on that from an angler's right, perspective, you'd like, you'd like to hit on anybody that's interested in uh, joining the club. You're always welcome to come to one of the meetings. They're open. Anybody can come to the meeting. Um, so join membership applications are on the website. Yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll, put links, we'll put links to that up. What'd you say? I, I said, how much are dues? The dues are $35 annually. Uh, a portion of which is, uh, 
that goes to lake improvements, I think. Uh, $5 of that absolutely goes to lake improvements and usually a little more. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, Don, right, we got a, we got a fun segment here. This is quick and easy and painless, Don. So humor me, play along here. Hamburger tacos or pizza? Hamburgers. Beaches or woods? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Be- beaches or woods? Uh, beaches. Texting or talking? Talking. <laughs> Favorite city in the U.S. besides Hot Springs Village? Oh, boy. Um, Destin. Okay. There you Notice go. how he didn't say anything about New Jersey? And yeah, he didn't even, well, didn't even cross his mind. He's a, he's a southern uh, boy. Hey, we had a great time in New York. <laughs> we went and saw really? the plays and, and all that. And While we lived there, we took the time to go up to Maine and see the colors and all that kind there of stuff. There you go. But, but no. after three years, you'd had enough. I had enough. <laughs> right. My wife had more than enough. Kids. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. Well, come on, you're Southern kids. Uh, yeah. Do you have a nickname? Yeah. Do you My have a nickname? in Arkansas. We're born and raised in Arkansas. Well, there you go. Well, did yeah. you even own a yeah. snow shovel in New Jersey? He did after he got there. Did you own a snow shovel when you got to New Jersey? I said no. no, but you bought one as soon as you got there that first winter. <laughs> no, we bought a we we uh, bought a townhouse, and so they had a a service that took care of all that. Smart, <laughs> yeah, yeah, smart. Yeah. Well, listen, we knew you were smart when you didn't buy from Cooper, and you looked in the paper and you saw what the resale value resale lots went for. Do you have a nickname? No. Uh, she call me Don. I mean, how much? <laughs> yeah that's okay that's okay okay yeah you have an hour to do nothing what are you gonna do read Mm. oh well i was expecting you to say fish but look at you look at you first job what's your what was your very first job don uh very first job boy janitor at a church Ditto. I was too. I was like fourteen. Yeah, I was. I, I, I was looking up child labor laws because I didn't think the child labor law covered that kind of thing. But yeah. Yep. You play. Do you, do you play a musical instrument? Nope. We we had to start asking because we discovered that John Paul plays guitar. You know, and we had multiple conversations, and we didn't have a clue about that. First concert. What's the first concert you ever went to? Jerry Jeff Walker. Oh, now. Hello, Bill. Oh, wow. Now Hello. we're talking. Yeah. That's a, that's a, there's a Texan. Yeah. I like it. Okay. I got to ask. So while you're in New York, best show, best, whatever, whatever you went to see in New York, when you guys lived up there, what was it? Aida. Aida. Really? I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. It was one of Elton John's. But yep. I really enjoyed it. Well, yep. You didn't flinch, man. You knew exactly what was. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Did you, did well, you... I, we've, I've seen a lot of the shows. We went and saw lots of them. I enjoyed Chicago, too. That was another one that was great. Favorite sports team? Well, it's not the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not shocked. Oh, Aggies. I don't know. Are um, you an Aggie fan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm an Aggie fan. Um 
I'm also an Arkansas fan. Yeah. Well, we won't hold that against you. I'm a yeah. Sooner fan. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis is a Razorback guy. Okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Do you have a dog? No. Cake or we pie? Had one, we had one for years, but. What kind, did you, what kind of dog did you have? Uh, Boston Terrier. Mm. Yeah. But so, when he, when she died, well, we just decided we'd had enough. Yeah. We were traveling and all, and we just didn't want the yeah. commitment. I get it. I get it. Cake or pie? Pie. What's your favorite article of clothing? A t-shirt. All right. Last one. Favorite quote. Favorite quote. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. All right. That's a hard one for me. All right. All right. I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you another one because you said read. So what's the last what's the last book that you read? Um well, I'm going to just... or a favorite book. What's your favorite book? Oh, Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah, the whole trilogy. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed that either. I, I wouldn't. Uh, didn't have a clue. This what, is did, why we did, do. This is why we do the lightning round, Don. Did you ask him what the first concert was? I did. Jerry oh, Jeff Walker. Jerry. Je oh, well, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I'm brain damage. Yeah. yeah no, JJ Walker, man. Yeah. Couldn't get any more Texas than that, right? How many times have you seen Jerry Jeff? Did you see him? Did you a see him more than times. once? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of times. I saw him a bunch when I was at LSU. He he came through the deep south a lot. Yeah. And I hate I, I, I hated it when we lost him. Yeah. Oh, God was smooth, man. The guy was smooth. That's awesome. That's all I got, Dennis. Well, that's all I I've got too. We we actually we realized that we have deficits. We haven't really and we've got it lined up, but we haven't had a show on golf. We haven't had a show on, on fishing. Uh, you know, we've had real estate, we've had updates, we dive out all that kind of stuff, but we'd never really had anybody from the angler. So Don reached out and man, I was more than happy to say, sure. Hey, yeah. And, and Don, as things come up, <clears throat> feel free to contact us, reach out, give us, we'll help ring your bell for you and, and hopefully get more anglers. Okay. Well, what would be your, what would be your, um, uh, end zone what would be perfect would you like to have two or three hundred people in the in the anglers or what no i don't think we need two or three hundred people in the anglers club no. i mean uh, then you become a club that's very difficult to, to to work with when you have tournaments and things like that which yeah. it's very difficult to manage when you have more than 25 teams in a tournament it really you know it, i mean we could handle it but then it becomes a bigger administrative kind of thing then you got to mm. get more volunteers involved in running things he's yeah. the secretary dennis so i'm just asking so that, just that's asking. it and uh, well, you know you that, and that's that's always the biggest problem you have is getting uh, enough people that will will do the uh, the administrative to work in a club right Right. Do, you need, do you need some extra people to tell tall tales? Y'all got enough fellas down there that are telling tall tales. <laughs> Cause Dennis might join you. No, I just listen. I just, I just listen. I just, listen. most of the guys want to fish. They don't want to do all this other stuff. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, I understand. I understand. I well, them. you know, before they remodeled the waypoint here on Blake DeSoto, they had little bitty old, completely dried up, washed out, 
pictures that you could barely tell, but there would be a man standing there holding a 65 pound catfish or bigger. And I don't know what they did with those pictures when they remodeled that, but I always thought, you know, unbelievable. And anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I was going to ask more Lake dimensions and stuff, but I tell you what, Hey, hey, have you ever gone noodling before Don? No. (laughs) I mean, some people are just, you know, I, oh, I wouldn't do it, but you know, I, well, I, I, wouldn't do it I, I had to Let, ask. So let's back up. Let's back up five mile high view. Randy, do you want to describe noodling? No, I'll let you Harlan. Okay. Noodling is when a, 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 a person that appears normal in every way will stick their finger or a, a digit into some catfish, Charlie, or something that smells like death eating a biscuit. And they'll go around the edge of the lake, reaching up underneath the cove of things, trying to find a big catfish and they are noodling and that catfish will bite on their thumb and they will clamp underneath it with their fingers and grab that fish by the lip and typically bow them up. So they can't swat, uh, fight them too bad and then throw them up on the bank. Right. Well, that's I, if I, they're that's if they're throwable. If you watch the kind of noodlers I'm watching, I mean they're they're getting sixty seventy pound catfish, man, and they're I mean they're they're sticking their whole arm through you know through the gills and grabbing the gills and doing, and and doing back. this and trying to lift the thing out of the water, and I'm like, you got to be crazy, you got to be crazy, and hope, hoping it doesn't drown them. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the fish or the guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I had to ask. I had to ask. I told this to a friend of mine in Little Rock one time who was an educator, very intelligent lady. And I said, well, you know, you go noodling. And she said, what? And I told her what it was. She said, you're making that up. You're just pulling that out of your butt. That that does not exist. I'm like, oh, don't it, darling. Oh, don't it. Well, thanks to YouTube, you can go watch it to your heart's content because I do. But but so there's there's not a noodler's club in the village is what I'm hearing, Don. Is that right? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Don wouldn't be a member of it if they did have one. No, I would not. <laughs> Don, would you would you entertain coming back on with us again sometime soon? I could, and I would, would. love to have yeah, you. Yeah, we, we appreciate you being on. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. And for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Randy Contrell, and that was Don Langston with the Anglers Club. Come back and see us again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.